A, B, C. A always, B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Hey, what's up, everybody? Another episode of Scare Money, Don't Make Money. Uh, as always, it's your boy, Cam. Uh, before we get started, please don't forget to subscribe, like our Facebook page, all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You know, we're not on Snapchat yet because once again, Roy don't know how to dance and I'm getting old for this. Uh, so, you know. Don't you say it. Not your favorite recruiter. It's recruiter. your favorite recruiter's <laughs> favorite recruiter. Roy keeps bullshitting, but he knows it's true. And as always, your boy Roy. <laughs> and he's not my favorite recruiter. You're a liar. We're gonna start every show off with lies. <laughs> and uh and we had we have Mark here. Uh I'm gonna let Mark introduce himself. Um I met Mark on LinkedIn. Um I watch his I watch him, I watch his dad, his whole squad are just doing awesome things and we connected on a coffee with Cam and uh or i'm sorry on, on on the balls coffee virtual coffee where i also <laughs> kind of stole his idea and so uh i appreciate you mark coming on man i know you're busy so please introduce yourself tell the people what you're about and we'll start yeah my pleasure uh my name is mark noodleberg i'm president of on the ball which is uh our family company that's been operating for 25 plus years and has changed faces a few times but mm -hmm. what we do is we primarily focus on the development of people and organizations to help them be successful uh, my previous life and previous career was in college football. I was a college football coach for a decade, coached all over the country at places like Florida State, Florida, uh, Cincinnati, Nevada, Lafayette College. So up and down the levels <laughs> of college football. And, you know, through those travels, I learned a lot of basic fundamentals to success. And I would teach life through sport is the way that I would talk to a lot of the athletes that I coached. Um, which immediately transitioned to the business world when I got out and started working in sales and started working with organizations and immediately identified all of the gaps in organizational structure, in time management and discipline and accountability, and just the basic fundamentals that come out of being successful as an organization in football and helping organizations apply those same principles to themselves to be successful. Better nice. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I know you and I talked about that too, as far as, um, you know, like you said, you, you took your, your college coaching experience. And so what, how did you start out? Like, I know you said, you told me that you were in school and then, you know, so, you kind of, that's how you kind of, so like, what was the path there? As, 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 as most, I would hope most success stories start or, or, or begin, um, you know, I started from the very bottom of the organization at, at yeah. Florida state. I started as a student equipment manager, which was a scholarship position when I started as an undergrad. Um, and through that time, worked my way up the organizational chart to become a student assistant coach. Uh, and then when I graduated, Jimbo Fisher became the head coach. He hired me as the quality control coach for special teams. I did that for three years until I launched that to my next coaching stop, which was at the University of Cincinnati, where I became special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. And then that led to me being a special teams coordinator at a few more schools, coaching on offensive and defensive side of the ball. But I started from the very bottom, started changing, you know, yeah. changing screws on face masks and, and doing <laughs> the laundry and setting up practice drills and, yeah. and loading the planes and all that kind oh, of stuff. Man. So, so all the grunt work. Hey, I'm good with that. That's all I did for nine years. My first nine years in the air force was like, you know, I was, a, I was in logistics, but in the air force a lot, like, everything was a part of my job except for fixing the plane but like loading the plane bringing the food out to the plane putting the passengers on the plane 
uh, yep. you know, all that stuff. So I, I feel you, man. <laughs> yeah, I was, I've been out there, you know, and so like when you travel with the team, you travel in the warm up. you know, you got to be dressed in yep. the same uniform as the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So I got my travel pants on and my travel mm-hmm. jacket and I'm look like I'm part of the squad. <laughs> and then we get to the plane and it's like, all right, hustle. And now I'm out there with the, with the crew. I'm out there with the crew grabbing bags off the trucks and throwing them onto the machine, getting it into the plane. Like, and then, all right, now let me walk myself back yeah. up here and get back on the plane. Like, so, oh, like, but, you know, but weren't you, so everybody else, on, so everybody on the plane chilling and you getting all oh, sweaty. Yeah. Like, oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'd make sure that I had like a pair of shorts and a gym shirt underneath my warm up. I like go. get yeah. undressed, go to work yeah. and then like put my stuff back on and get back on the plane. Oh, 100%. Yeah, when we were in yeah. Korea, we had a we had like our cold weather gear. I do the same thing like you take off like the the more Berkeley stuff to put on like yeah. the, the stuff that you, you know mess up your other stuff. I know Roy yep. Roy was uh Roy was an electrician when he came in. So, you know, he knows yeah. all about the ground work. So, the ground work. That that's why when you said like started from the bottom, but to me, I think you you have a a greater appreciate a greater appreciation when you do things at the lower level and you work your way up. Like, so once you, as you climb up, you have a higher appreciation. Like, I've been there's, there. There's no doubt. There. Like, uh, when, so like, Bill Belichick has hired two of his sons on his staff for the Patriots, right? And and those guys are really well respected by the players. And when you come into it like that, you mm-hmm. could easily be looked at as like nepotism and like, oh, you've been given this job but really what's made them successful is the fact that they've lived inside that organization from the time that they were six seven years old they don't know anything other than the patriot way so Mm -hmm. as they've seen the organization change they've changed with it and they've Mm -hmm. grown up around those unbelievable athletes those unbelievable coaches and they don't know anything different other than that experience so it's easy for them to take all of that learned experience from being kids to immediately adopting that and at a younger age being able to apply a lot of those things to teach guys mm-hmm. that might be, you know, 15 years in their career, but the first time with the Patriots and able mm-hmm. to teach them things that they haven't heard because they haven't been in that system before. So for me, when I got hired as a coach at Florida State, I knew the program inside and out. I knew every yeah. corner of, of the building. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew yeah. every shortcut. I knew everything about it because I had been a part of that entire process for six, you know, for five years until I got hired. So yeah. coming up through it, when it was time for me to be a special teams coordinator, like the level of detail that I would put on a practice script to help mm-hmm. the equipment manager set up the drill so that I didn't have to coach them on anything. I didn't have to get mad that things weren't done the way yeah. that I wanted to, because I had done that job before. So I knew the tools <laughs> exactly. that could help them stay yeah. ahead of it to help me be successful. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's definitely something to be said um, when it comes to that, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday on the phone and, you know, we're all obviously talking about dynamics and team cohesion and things like that, you know, and as you've seen on LinkedIn, everyone, you know, a lot of people are out of work right now. And there's like, God, like, you know, and, and I'm glad that there are a lot of recruiters out there that are teaching, you know, based off like the referral stuff like hey i know this person i know their work ethic i know what they bring to the table um and that's why i've been trying to push on a lot of our like i was telling you a lot of the people who are currently in the military is like yo those things matter bro like i know 
you know, uh, I'm an only child to, to a single mother. And so yeah. like, uh, we were, you know, we were having a conversation about like, I had chore cards. Well, in my, you know, as a child, those, that's cool and all, like you have chore cards, but I feel like it taught an unnecessary, unnecessary amount sometimes of the, um, the, the action reaction thing, you know, like, oh, if you do this, you get that. So yep. as I've, you know, as I've become an adult, Roy especially has helped me deal with the whole, like, just because you do a good job doesn't mean you get what you want, you know? Yeah. And it's hard it's... to hear as an only child. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. Uh, yeah. I, I, got, I, got a, I, got, I got five A's and I don't get $20 for each That's A. That's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, first of all, ne- I got like two A's throughout my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, the, but, but, the, the conversation of privilege is is a hot topic, obviously, correct. you know, and, yeah. and, and privilege can be looked at in two ways, right? You, privilege can be looked at as a negative, like, oh, you've been giving, given these opportunities, yeah. so therefore you don't understand what it's like to struggle, or it can be looked at as you got that opportunity, but you knew how to take advantage of that opportunity in order to correct. leverage it to grow, like if you, like right. the example I just talked about, Bill Belichick's sons, yeah. they yeah. started at the bottom of the organization. Yeah. That's still an opportunity. Nobody else gets to start in that organization at 10 years old, right? Correct. So that's privilege, yeah. but that's privilege that was given to them, but then earned through the work to get them to where they are today. So it was mm-hmm. an opportunity as much as it was something that was just handed to them. So I think, you know, it, it's hard. We, you know, we live in a, in a world where, you go back and forth between like people telling you that like you need to be human and you need to recognize and you need to, you know, give gratitude, give gratitude and you need to recognize mm-hmm. people and appreciate <laughs> and do all that. And then you have an old school generation that's like, forget that. Like I had yeah. to work and grind for mm-hmm. every second and nobody told me I did a good job and I'm not yeah. in it to, for, for the good job. I'm in it to know that I did it that way. So I I think there's a balance, you know, and I, you know, you guys working in the military world understand it. And some of the people that I coach that are in leadership roles in the business world that come out of the military have a hard time because they're used to that drill sergeant, drill instructor, do what I say because it's what I said. Don't understand that you need to give people the why behind what they're doing so that they can understand it, but also need to not jump to to grab the stick immediately when people don't yeah. do things the way they want it done you know there there is a medium between understanding how to have conversations with people how to mm-hmm. come at people as an equal not a superior in yeah. order to build trust and rapport in mm-hmm. order to get the behavior that you want to then once you don't get it have consequences yeah I, I, those, those are very good examples because i mean even the example that you gave about bill belichick and his sons like i do look at the whole me and cam talk about it all the time because i get mad like if my son does something <laughs> and i'm like oh like you don't know what it feels like to like have to so watch be, a commercial he'd be hot. He'd be hot. yeah like, I, I get mad. Like, 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 you don't know what it's like to have to watch a commercial between your I favorite mean, show and you got to run what? to the bathroom and then come back <laughs> like so this, i mean we were like i was this. talking about this the other day like do you remember when you had to like make a mixtape off the radio? Yeah. So like, you had to listen to the radio for your song to come on and hit record and then stop the record and forget about it if like the DJ decided to come on in the middle of your song and ruin it. And then you had to rewind it back and try to catch it again. Like, 
Damn no, it. No, no, it. Those struggles <laughs> yo, were real. Messes up your world. Yeah. I think uh, I've, I've been making my kids. I've been making my kids watch. Uh, my parents have the YouTube TV. I've been making them watch it so that they gotta watch commercials. And my oldest, who's <laughs> actually more of my more tempered, you know, she has a better temperament than my other kids. She'd be like, "What are they gonna stop, Dad?" Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, bro, you only forty five seconds in, man. Give it another minute, 15. <laughs> That, that immediate gratification, <laughs> that instant gratification, that I want it now culture will only continue to, and I find myself doing that. Like, you oh, know, like God. I'll be, I'll be at a stoplight and want to check an email and like all of a sudden my email's not loaded. And I'm like, what the hell? What Why the- isn't this immediate? Why can't <laughs> I read this right now? Like, and then I'm yep. thinking to myself, like, there was a time that I couldn't even like read emails in a car. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like right. relax. You'll get you'll get it at <laughs> some point. Like, we were relax. around when there wasn't email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. AOL, you got mail. Oh, oh my that dialogue, I mean, man. But... Three, four minutes just to get online. <laughs> Mom, get off really the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I'm, but I to mean, that but... point. But to that point, right? Like we have to adapt with it. Right. Yeah. Like we yeah. can't punish our kids because of the world that they live in. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna grow up in a world that's got information at their fingertips instantaneously. Yeah. So it's our responsibility to adapt with them, to teach them how to use that as tools mm-hmm. to apply the same lessons we learned about work ethic, about accountability, about discipline, yeah. you know, and about a reward system that's earned while they're using those tools to help themselves be better than we were at that age. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and- and, and, and to go to your point, what you were talking about earlier, as far as like adapting to like almost like leadership style and just jumping down somebody's throat. I, I remember talking to, I think it was like the Lieutenant Colonel and we were talking about like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he's like, if I give you an order to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and that's all I said, make me a peanut butter jelly sandwich by four o'clock. What are you going to do? I'm going to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He's like, but what are you going to do first? Put the jelly on put it on the, the peanut butter like are you gonna right. use grape are you gonna use strawberry i like well you didn't give me that instruction he's like that's all i'm saying if i say make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich don't overcomplicate it just right. make it right but i think a lot of times even as leaders or managers we'll say make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but we'll get mad like why didn't you put the peanut butter on first correct like that's what I would have did. Well, damn it, you ain't making the sandwich. I'm making the sandwich. So it, it, I think we we have to take that into consideration. Just let them do it their way. Like or if wife. you have things that you want on a specific way, then you have to set that expectation yep. in the instruction. And it's the same thing for yourself. Like we're getting close to New Year's and everybody's going to have those 2020-21 revel, you know, those, those resolutions for what they want to do in the new year. The reason yeah. that most people don't accomplish their New Year's resolutions is because they're just too broad. They're not, right. they're not detailed enough. Like they're like, I yeah. want to live a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And okay, well, what does that mean? Like, are you going to get more sleep? Are you going to discipline yourself to a bedtime? Mm-hmm. Are you going yeah. to lose a certain amount of weight? Are you going to stop eating certain things? Like you have to be defined about the behavior if you expect to get the result. And I think when you find great leaders, you always find that they're very detail oriented and that they're very process driven. Like they, they know exactly the way in which they want things done and they know it to a detail and they're able to communicate that, which can create a great organization because everybody understands what their role is 
and how they're supposed to accomplish it, right? Like, you know, in, in football, everybody's like, just do your job. Well, in an organization, <laughs> if you haven't explained to somebody what their job is, you can't assume that they know what to do. So yeah. a lot of times when we get involved with the organizations and especially in the sales process, like, but people think that they understand what sales is, but sales is a human science at this yeah. point, you know, mm -hmm. it's so much different than what it used to be. And you guys know in recruiting, yeah. like you're not pushing somebody to join the anything anymore. You're not pushing anybody yeah. to make any decision anymore. Yeah. All you're doing is giving them all the tools that they need in order to make their own decision. But in order to figure out what tools they need, you got to yeah. learn about them. You got to ask the right questions. You have to figure out what make what makes that person tick, and then you got to figure out how to craft your message or the yeah. thing that you represent in order to fit that person. But what organization is teaching that to the salespeople that they onboard that are 23, 24 years old that are straight out of school and have absolutely no idea? They're just told, no, here's the product, here's the price, and this is the thing that we represent. This is how it fits people. Now go sell it to everybody that you know. Yeah. doesn't make sense. And that's why the sales game is dying a slow death because the skill that it takes in order to be <laughs> successful in sales is not yeah. being taught to anybody. Correct. And I just, I, I talk, it's, it's funny. I have like, you, you brought up so many points of the people that I've talked to this past week is it, the same thing is like you said, it's a dying art. I think mean, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday that said the same thing is he's like, I don't even teach people how to recruit. I 90% of the time I'm teaching them how to communicate effectively because that's just, it's a lot, it's starting to become a lost art. And luckily there are people who are starting to pick up the torture, like around our demographic who are trying to keep it moving. But I, like you said, a lot of it is very instant gratification. And this is what I got, take it or, you know, take it or leave it, move on to the next one, blast 15,000 people. And hopefully you get, you know, 50 people who call you back and buy your product. Right. And, and it becomes a numbers game. They're just willing to yeah. churn and burn. And it's like, well, yeah if we need your numbers to be here, then we need you to do X amount of phone calls. And yeah. they're not looking at the efficiency of what they're doing. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just saying, make the 300 calls so that you can find the five people. That way we can still continue to make the numbers that we make. And all they're doing is increasing the amount of activity, even though the efficiency of that activity is going further and further down. That's why a lot of the organizations that we work with, we're, we're teaching them how to use video in the selling process. Like, you yep. know, we're, we're a strategic partner of, of Vidyard, which is an unbelievable tool. And the reason we chose to be strategic partners with Vidyard and not some other company that's offering a similar video service is because Vidyard's not teaching you how to use video to make commercials. They're teaching right. you how to use video to communicate and simplify the process for people and simplify the way that you can build relationships at scale in order to make yourself more efficient in the sales process. And it's the same concept for leaders. Like when I'm working with an organization that's got a lot of people in it and the leader is responsible for 10, 20, 30 people at a time, you're not going to spend time with those people every single day. It's impossible. But how easy is it for you to get up, shoot them a video to let yep. them know that you're thinking about them as a group or, Hey guys, I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page about this because mm -hmm. what people forget is that when they see you, they get comfortable with you. So right. you don't, it doesn't take a, 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 an actual face-to-face -face where you're seeing them in order to build that rapport. As long yeah. as they see you daily, they feel like they know you. And then you yeah. step into, in, into the office for the first time in a month, but they yeah. feel like they know you because they see you every day. 
even though Correct. you're like, I don't even know your name. I've got no yeah, idea yeah. who you are. Yeah. And you, I need you're, to get you're here, right? You're I here, right? Seen you anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that's well, the importance I, of a leader. That's your responsibility yeah. to continue to invest in those people daily. So we, I actually have uh, a, I, I actually have a meeting with, was it Rochelle next week with Vineyard, with Vineyard? Oh, Vineyard. Yeah. Rachel. Yes. Yeah, Rachel. Sorry, oh, that's Rachel. awesome. So she, yeah, yeah, she, she actually reached out to me after I commented on one of your things and was like, "Hey, any friend of Mark's is a friend of mine." <laughs> I was like, that's "All right." Awesome. And so we're gonna we're gonna chat next week. But you know, I I asked, I want to talk to her because, like you said, I see the value of the product that she's doing, and I I want to I want to tell people sure. about it. Um, it's a game but, changer. And so just you know, little note that somebody told me yesterday was, um, you know, people shouldn't get paid like what you're saying. People shouldn't get paid for work; they should get paid for results. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 i i am you're 50 50 50 now i don't even know if it's 50 50 on what, that what you got? Me because you got? because the what i've always believed is in the process yeah and so you Damn. can't control especially in sales i can't control yeah. whether or not a person says yes to me i can never control that sure. i can never control the outcome but what I can control is that I'm doing all of the right things mm -hmm. in the process. Correct. And it's the same thing in sport. You really yeah. can't control whether or not you win the game. Yeah. All you can control mm -hmm. is how you prepare for that game Correct. and then how you execute every down in that game in order to give yourself the best opportunity to win. There's really Correct. no control over the scoreboard. Yeah. So it becomes about how do you operate on a daily basis yeah. What are you, how are you functioning to keep your, uh, your behaviors aligned with whatever your desired outcomes are and how yeah. are you disciplining yourself to those behaviors in order to create momentum day after day after day by stacking Correct. those activities one after another. So I, 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 I get, I get, I get a little, you know, especially in sales, yeah. look, you, you got to do sales. Yeah. If you yeah. don't do sales, it's something, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not winning. So yeah. In a world where, yes, it's about the results and it's about the revenue and you have to get there, if that's the only thing you're judging people on, Correct. you're probably missing a ton of, of opportunity to develop people, to improve them, to increase what you're doing and find far more efficient ways to increase your revenue, to increase your bottom line by just developing the people that you have instead of saying, well, they're not hitting the number, so they're Correct. out. And that's why I didn't Ooh, elaborate because so I, I wanted to see what you said. <laughs> so, hold on, hold on, but, but I got a question. So would yeah. that go into like the, the instant gratification type of deal? Because I, I, I agree with you on trusting, like doing the process and going through the motions. But can one, let me see, how can I phrase this? Um, results, so getting paid on results, trusting the process because I know, like, if I tell my son to do something and he don't get those results, now he's upset with the process. Does that make sense? Sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm, sure, sure. Yeah, well, a thousand percent. And so that's why I feel like rewarding the behavior is better than rewarding the results. Yeah. Like, okay. everybody wants to celebrate when somebody scores a touchdown, right? That's beautiful. But what I'm celebrating is the fact that the back made the right read, made the right cut, did the right mm -hmm. thing. I'm celebrating that because that's going to get us more touchdowns than just celebrating the touchdown itself. So bringing that into a parenting, a, a parenting, you know, uh, 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 example with my son, you know, 
if he gets up and carries his plate into the into the kitchen, I'm celebrating the fact that he did that on his own, yeah. not necessarily <laughs> the fact that his plate's in the kitchen. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm saying, hey, great job getting up. I'm telling him immediately it's instant gratification of the behavior, not necessarily of the result. I'm not paying him because the because the dishes were clean at the end of the night. I'm yeah. celebrating the behavior that got us to that point. Correct. And that's uh, and the person that told me that phrase, that's exactly how they ended up elaborating it. They said the exact same thing. They're like, I can't, because he's a he's a career coach, and he's like, yep. I can't control if the company has an internal person. He's like, but the results that I'm talking about, like you said, is the results of, did you fix your, you know, did you do the research to fix your fix your LinkedIn profile? You know, did you yep. hit the marks of doing research on the company that you're applying for to know? what is really going to make a difference when it comes to getting hired at that company? So, um, no, I a hundred percent agree. And I'm glad that you said all that. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 um, you know, and it's hard because when you're, especially when you're dealing with companies that are hiring you in a consultant, Correct. everybody wants ROI. Everybody wants to know what the yeah. ROI is, you know? Yeah. So it's when you, when you get in that conversation, I'm like, look, I'm not going to focus on that. We're going to yeah. get there. That should be the byproduct of what we're working on. But here's where the here's the areas that we're going to be focused on. We're going to be focused on mindset. We're going to be focused on time management. We're going to be focused on how we're using the new tools of today to drive relationships, to have conversations. Because you know, I had this conversation with a young sales guy yesterday that I'm coaching. I said, look, the, the only metric you should be worried about is how many virtual coffees a day you're having. If you're telling me that you're only having one virtual <laughs> coffee day, you're not having enough conversations in order to have success. Right. I'm not, I'll, we'll worry about fixing something that's happening maybe in the sales process. Once yeah. we know that the top of the funnel front end of it is running like a machine, because you could be a numbskull, but if you're putting far more activity at the top and you're putting more quality and quantity of leads into the funnel, it by, by just, by just, you know, by osmosis, you're going to end up having yeah. success because you're so focused on doing things at the top that matter that you're going to end up getting the results somehow, some way. Correct. And me and Roy have always been a big proponent of that, especially because um, like you said, number and sales is a numbers game. Recruiting can be a numbers game. And um, you know, I, I was glad, I think I told you he helped train me. So like when we started doing the process, it, we very much agreed in, uh, you know, talk to people and things will follow, you know? So yes. whether you're, whether you're qualified or not, don't get me wrong. I can't meet with everybody and their mom, but if you're, five, 10 pounds overweight, man, come Correct. on in. Let's chat, bro. Five, 10 pounds. That's nothing, you know? And, and we, and I can do half the process. I just can't do this second half. And then I used to tell a lot of other recruiters, I'm like, look, man, like it's a values game. If you just tell someone to get lost until they get 10 pounds, they get to 10 pounds. You've lost, you've now lost value. Cause honestly, you just kind of seem like a douche, but you yep. know, if you have them come in and you sit down with them, you t let them take the test. They score high on the test guess what? Now they're like, Ooh, I scored hot on the test. I want to take actionable, you know, steps to lose my weight so I could be in the air force now and use this 90 something score rather than not, or, you know, or even 50, whatever qualified. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's just, it's the same conversation that we have with salespeople is that, mm -hmm. you know, you can't walk into the conversation thinking, is this person a qualified lead or not? Because everybody right. in the world essentially has two options that can help you. They yep. can buy from you 
or they know somebody that can buy from you. (laughs) So if you walk into the conversation with just the idea that all you want to do is figure out whether or not you guys like each other, right? Because, you know, we, we ask this question all the time when we start our trainings is when's the last time you bought something of significance from somebody that you didn't like? Probably never, right? Because as soon as you don't like somebody, you don't want to deal with them. And it doesn't matter what that product is. You're going to find somewhere else to get it or somebody else to get it from Mm -hmm. because that's the world that we live in. Everything is commoditized. So in the world of sales, the number one name in the game is to make friends with everybody. So when (laughs) our parents told us that it's not a popularity contest, I would call bullshit. I think it is a popularity (laughs) contest. You want to be great in sales? Have more (laughs) friends. Right. But, but I don't, I don't say that in a, I don't say that in a way that I would tell you, you know, you got to be friends with everybody. You just got to have enough conversations to sift through the people that you know, you don't work with to find enough of the ones that you do in order to build a successful business and career for yourself. Correct. Ah, That's funny. (laughs) That is funny. funny. And and it's, and it's true. And it's self-reflection. It's self-reflection too. You know, I know, I myself um, have had to do a lot because I'm a big, I mean, you know, like we talked about, you and I, we, we see, we have a lot of things in common. I'm a big personality, right? And so sure. when I was younger, it took a lot to calm that down a little bit to understand the dynamics of people where it's like, you know what, you know, and Roy's laughs, Roy always laughs at me because he watched, he's watched me grow. <laughs> and so, um, whatever. <laughs> so, but, 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 you know, but I, but I get it. And that's one of the things we talk about with him is, He's, he is very good at, at toting both sides of the line. Like he's both very likable, but at the same time, he'll, he'll say the occasional thing where people are like, did he really just say that? But because he's likable <laughs> 98% of the time, they're like, ah, it's just Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, but I think, so I, I've learned to where, like, I know I like to talk. I mean, and that's what anybody, like you like to talk, but when it's time to finally speak because there's a difference like there are times when we talk but then there are times that we speak and i think when we're speaking that's when you have to show that value like you were saying earlier like showing that value so when i when i try to speak i yeah. try to provide that value when well, i'm talking i'm just talking i'm just talking shit <laughs> so so that i don't care if it's sales if it's coaching if it's leadership whatever it is being likable is one thing right that's yeah. one quality in the bucket is being likable and understanding how to relate to people and figure out where they are to meet them where they are in order to have a conversation that allows you to connect the next part of it is being an expert yeah if you don't know what the hell you're talking about you can't ever position it in a way to make sense to everybody that you have a conversation with because that's the key is it's my job to have this thing back here that Mm -hmm. i know is valuable but it's only valuable to you if you understand why it's valuable to you because it's not going to be the same value to everybody it's Mm going to hit everybody a different way and that was the thing about being a special teams coordinator was nobody's nobody aside from the kicker the punter and the snapper nobody else's job is strictly special teams everybody else got recruited onto the team to play something else special teams is something that i'm asking them to do so i gotta figure out how to reach that one person to make them want to play special teams and that's different for everybody 
yeah. for the starter, it's not the same conversation as me coming to that person. Hey, I need you on this one phase for this one job because it's so critical that we have to have our very best players doing this as opposed to coming at the guy who I'm looking at you going, look, if you don't do the things I'm asking you to do, you ain't going to make the bus because yeah. you're not making it in the two deep at your position. So if you mm -hmm. want to travel and you want to play, your only yeah. shot is this. So I need you to do everything exactly the way I need <laughs> you to do it so I can trust you. Those are yeah. two way different conversations, but I'm asking both guys to do the same thing. They're both playing special teams. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So understanding what it is that you represent in a way that you're able to diagnose for somebody else, this is mm -hmm. why this thing fits for you and is valuable, is a huge part of being an expert. Understanding yeah. what you represent inside and out, understanding the, the, the pros and the cons of it, and understanding the market in which it exists. Like yeah. most people just say, oh, well, bump the competitors. I'm better than everybody else. That's not realistic. Correct. Why wouldn't you understand yeah. why somebody else would want to go with your competitor, but mm -hmm. figure out how you can either fit in next to it or fit in instead of it? Correct. Roy, you got to show this yeah. episode to your recruiters. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I really do. Like, this, this is this, like, I mean, because like, it, it's a, because when you're trying to take it to that next level, I think having a clear understanding, because you, again, you got to speak to understand and speak to have knowledge, because like you just said, understanding some of your competitors, because there's been many times where, even as a recruiter, when I started learning about competitors, I started clearing like, shoot, man, y'all need to jump ship and um, yeah. <laughs> like, go with them. Because, like, as you start to peel back the layers, you're like, it's, yep. it's no different than, like, when you're a, a star athlete on a team and you're playing for the Cavaliers or, or whoever, the yep. Golden State Warriors, and, like, you start, like, man, that's that's my competitor. But then you start peeling back the, the onion of that organization, like, hold on, this is what you offer me? Yeah. Like, huh, like, huh. So yeah. I, I think just having that, that understanding, and honestly, it's a respect factor too, because a lot of times you can't knock somebody for being better sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just like, dang, like, that shit better than mine. Like, mm -hmm. And the reality is that, that might be a better fit for somebody else. And if right. you're yeah. willing to acknowledge that and have that conversation with them, instead of trying to sell them, on something mm -hmm. that you know is not a good fit for them, yep. you got an opportunity to come back to that business at some point, yeah. come back to that person at some point, or at minimum, just build a friendship with that person because they know they mm -hmm. can trust you. And who knows whether or not they know somebody that you're a better fit for than what they're choosing to do. So, you know, I, that, that to me is, especially in the recruiting space, because I dealt with recruiting when I was a, a football coach, obviously. So there were athletes that I'm having a conversation with that, I knew for sure we were the best fit for them. And I had no problem saying that there were other athletes that I have the conversation with them. And I'd say, look, <laughs> like you're, you're better off going to Miami than you are Florida state. You're right. Yeah. You want to play early. These are the things that are important to you. And it's going to be difficult for you to do that here. Now yeah. you want to win championships. You want to be a part of a culture that is all about winning and you want to push yourself to a competitive level. That's different than everywhere else. This is where you want to be. But mm -hmm. if you want to go play now, and that's the thing that's important to you, we're not the people for you. Mm. And a lot of times what you find in sales is when you take the opportunity away, they want it even more. Oh, 100%. Now they're like, wait a minute. Why are you 100%. telling me that it's not for me? They're like, well, <laughs> why, why, what do you mean? You're, we're not a good fit. I'm a good uh -huh. fit for everybody. No, actually you're not. 
You know, I don't think I don't think you are. I don't think you're a good. And then then it's like you got to try to talk them out of you know because now they want it. Man, no, that's 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 true. I used to tell I used to tell Roy I called it uh I called it my one two three punch when I was recruiting people because I would like you said I I would talk to them I give the opportunity but then I take the opportunity but then I give yeah. it back but I give it back with responsibilities. Oh, you can yeah. have it, but you got to do but, this first. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure. I'm glad to see I'm not crazy. <laughs> oh, no, I, I think, look, when you think about like the world of sales and like yeah. the, 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 the image that most people get, it's built on these older movies, these used car salesmen, yeah. the, the Glen Gary, Glen Ross, the boiler room, you know, like guys hitting the phones and trying to steal things from people. When sure. in today's world, because information is so widely available, you're not yeah. pulling one over on anybody. All mm-hmm. you're trying to do is communicate to people in a way where you can deliver value to them and you can be a resource for them. That's it. But nobody, nobody positions it that way. Everybody just gets told that they got to go make calls and make sales all day long, which is yeah. difficult to overcome as a human because it yeah. feels wrong to want to do that. No, for sure. And so, um, when you made the trend, what was, what would you say was a hard transition? I know you, from when you went from football to, you know, working with your, with your dad's company. I mean, obviously you had, like you said, the, the kind of background knowledge already, as far as dealing with people communication, what was some of the things where you're like, okay, like I have to learn this or I need to work on this. Um, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. Like, what do I, what did I need to learn? I think I needed to learn the cadence of sales a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, recruiting was seasonal. You know, even though you did it year yeah. round, you were limited on what you could really do. You know, and I could build yeah. a schedule in for when I was talking to kids and when I was direct messaging kids and how that was happening. In the world of business, it's much more wide open and free. Yeah. So yeah. figuring out how to build that cadence for myself uh-huh. And understanding what the right dialogue was and how to position myself in conversations was new. You know, I, that, that part I had to figure out. And, and really on, on a personal, just an insecurity level of feeling yeah. like I had gone from being an expert in something, yeah. feeling like I knew it inside and out and I was the man. And I could have a conversation with anybody about anything. You could sit me down with Nick Saban and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be you know, intimidated by, by knowledge of the game or what we were doing to where stepping into the business world, I was like, look, we operated differently in college and in yeah. coaching, like, you know, yeah. like emails were like not even a thing, you know, like you text <laughs> right. these people, that's it. So yeah. now I got to get comfortable with email and sending emails and crafting emails. And so just the confidence mm-hmm. that everything I knew really did have value in this new world that I was working in and you know the, the confidence in, in just holding my own in those conversations was really what it was. But the biggest like shock to me was managing my own calendar. Right? I came from a world oh. where every second of my day was decided by the head coach. We didn't have control of our calendars, True. but mm. every second of the day was scheduled, similar to the military. Like yes. you knew what you had to do all day, every day, but you weren't responsible for it. Somebody else Correct. was setting that schedule for you. And you're just going through it, you know, it was the same way in football. Like when we were in the season, head coach decided when we had staff meetings, when we had Mm -hmm. offensive and defensive meetings. And, and so the schedule was set for me. All I had to do was move through it, figuring out 
number one, what were the activities that I needed to get calendared and then how to create a repeatable process with those activities was really important to having success. Definitely. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the things Roy and I have talked about where we, you know, recruiting can be, a, it can be a good or a bad thing when people dive into it. Cause like you said, if you're, if you're in a place where your schedule has been controlled or they've spoon fed you once again, information, if you do this, this is going to happen. Like you said, recruiting, I like that. It's very much yeah. like a, so what do you think is going to be the best email strategy? And you're like, I don't know, like <laughs> this one. And they're like, sure. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work, we're going to blame you. If it works, we're the one that taught you. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's probably like the first time where you have to trust a process, but you real life won't see the result until some time down the road. Like you're doing certain things because like we always say, if a light is out, I got to go go get a new ballast or a new bulb. I'll fix it. Huh? The light is working. Instant gratification. <laughs> but here, like I talk at a symposium or a fair or some type of briefing. Like, so are people going to join now? Right. No. You see Not them. A chance. They're going to go marinate. you down the road. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, it marinates, but that took some getting used to. It's like, wow, like what I do today won't show value or results until three days, six months, a year, two years down the road. And I think for a lot of people, especially if you're military affiliated, that is very hard to come to terms with. Because, yeah. I mean, and that's anybody, sales anywhere. If you're used it's, to- It's okay, everywhere. It's everywhere. It, it, like, you make we a work in 90-day calendars. We work in 90-day calendars. Like, and that, that was another thing for me coming out. Like, every week was its own lifespan for me because we had a game at the end of every week. So, you know, starting on Sunday, you started to prepare for the game on Saturday. You practiced Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, played Saturday, and then you started that process right back over. So it was a weekly turnover where you were moving on to a new thing and, and processing what happened and then applying lessons and moving forward that is not the case in the real world. Like you're talking about, you know, you, you, you're, if, if things, if things happen within a month, that happened fast. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so like we work in 90 day calendars of saying like, well, who, who are your targets? You know, how are you, what, what activities are you focused on for these next 90 days in order to be able to move these people to a, yes, we need to continue to have conversations with them or no, I can make a decision right now that this is not working. And so, you know, we build in, structure and process into everything because that's the real measure of success in sales is are you able to get back to the daily activities one day after another and not ride the highs and lows because sometimes it feels like you can't miss all of a sudden you've got all these people that want to join and things are Mm. happening it's good (laughs) if you ride that wave and you're thinking that that's going to last you are going to be very sorry in two weeks from now, because you're not going to be focused on doing all the activities that got you to that point. And now you're going to be sitting there going, Oh shit, what happened? And now you got to try to get back all that momentum that you lost by getting away from the process. So to me, you know, and it's the same thing as trying to win a championship, you know, I mean, they talk about neutral thinking, you know, Trevor Moad is a, is a mental conditioning coach that we used and he's 
worked his way through the whole Nick Saban coaching tree. But you'll hear college coaches all over that have come from, from Alabama that say it is all about neutral thinking. And essentially all that means is that you're only as good as the game that you play this week, right? It doesn't matter what you did yeah. last week. doesn't matter yeah. whether or not you won or lost. It has absolutely no effect on what happens this week. So this week determines how good you are. It's the same thing in sales. Today determines how good you are, right? How good were you at your research? How good were you at sending out videos? How good were you at driving conversations and on your conversations? How good were you at follow-up? If you're unbelievable every day at research, outreach, and follow-up, you'll be successful. But the yeah. problem is, is nobody's focused on that. Everybody's focused on what the quote is at the end of the month. For right. sure. That's the name of the episode. That's the name of the episode, Cam. Today determines how good you are. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already here, bro. Um, so, uh, you know, as we approach the end, there's always two, two, two main questions that we usually ask. Um, so the first one is, you know, with military members transitioning or people starting to be recruiters or people getting into sales, um, you know, what would you say is probably not number one, because as we know, there's a whole bunch of things that are good advice. But if when someone says, you know, Mark, I want to get into recruiting or sales, like where, where should I start? Like, what's the advice piece that you start? Start with your mindset. I don't care what it is that you do. I don't care if it's getting into recruiting, it's getting into sales. I don't care if you're going to go start, you know, directing planes out on the tarmac. If being successful all starts between the ears. If you are thinking the right things and focused on the right things, you will be able to overcome adversity because adversity will come. If you don't have the right mindset, if you're not thinking the right things and focused on the right things, you have absolutely no chance at success. <laughs> no chance. So yeah. that, that to me is, is focus on what's happening between your ears. Get that straight before you go try to put anything into action. Like it. And then, uh, so, and then the, uh, yeah. So is it two, is it two things? So the, se so the so two questions. So then so the, so you answer the first question. Second question is when you hear scare money, don't make money. What does that mean to you? <laughs> You got, you can't, you can't lose, you can't lose what you don't put in the middle, but you also can't win what you don't put in the middle. So, you, you know, success takes risk and, you know, you're never going to know what the outcome is. You're never going to know whether or not, you know, it's, it's a guaranteed positive, but if you don't put it in the middle, you can't win it. So you got to be willing to go all in. <laughs> Roy's making that face. Cause you know, so you're our 21st, or you're our, uh, our 20th guest, actually. This All is right. the 21st episode, 20th guest. And every single uh, guest that we've had that we've asked that question has literally said something that is unique. And so, as you know, with a, with a, with a question like, what does it mean to you? Scare money don't make it. Most people are like, oh, it means like, you know, you don't, if you're just scared, you're not going to make no money. You would right. think it would be a simple answer like that. But <laughs> all of our guests that we've been fortunate, I say fortunate because we really have been fortunate enough to have all of you really give a unique answer to that question um that you know that we love <laughs> awesome. it, it, i mean really do because like it's just the uh, it's something that you can think of because we don't ask you this question before we get on this show like so right. you don't know that you're gonna <laughs> ask that question so answering it on the fly but it is a real-time response and a lot of times like everybody we've asked they never hesitate. They automatically yeah. have a thought process for that, for that phrase. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with that term. 
Yeah, so like, I, say, yeah. I, I grew up I grew up rolling dice and playing spades. So like <laughs> all the time, scare money don't make money. Like you better be willing to put your dollar in there. Let it ride. Let yeah. ride. <laughs> so so it, it has a very real meaning to me. But as I've gotten older and applied it to a life philosophy, you know, it, you, the the biggest the biggest rewards that I've gotten have come from the things that I felt the most uncomfortable about. Yeah. You know, the the farther away from my comfort zone that I've gotten, the more rewarding those experiences yeah. have been the more I've learned from them, the more I've grown from them. So, you know, th those growing pains, you can't be afraid of those things. You've got to be willing to do that if you want to have more than mm -hmm. just what you're, you know, what you're willing to accept. For sure. Um, and then to end it, this is your self-promotion, man. We like to give everybody a, a, a minute or whatever you need to talk about your brand, talk about where people to find you, what services you offer. So yeah. So I won't sell anything. Uh, you know, my passion and our passion and on the ball is truly to help people and businesses grow through sales. So yeah. we, we specialize in modernizing the sales process for people, teaching video, teaching how to create a rinse and repeatable process to have conversations at scale to uncover opportunities. So we are not in the automation of sales world. We believe in developing people because people are what make organizations great. And then obviously with my background in organizational structure through creating successful teams, I love working with leaders to help them become better leaders, to help create better internal communications and do all of those things. So that's kind of the two areas that we focus on is leadership and organizational structure, sales process and helping people use new tools with proven techniques in order to grow their business. But, um, you know, if anybody wants to find me, I'm easy to find. I'm on every social channel, but LinkedIn is my favorite. So yeah. Mark Noodleberg, find me there. My email is Mark, M-A-R-C, at On The Ball Ventures. Always down for a virtual coffee, 15 minutes of just sharing stories, learning about each other to see if there's ways that we can help each other. For sure. Um, and yeah, and, and it's true. You can every, almost every day on LinkedIn, I see either a notification that says your dad scheduled something <laughs> Or, or one of Mark's videos pops up and, uh, you know, Roy, I was going to tell you about the video right before we end is I messaged him earlier. I said, man, I, I loved your video this morning because it was all about the, the, the pain that people like us feel who want to be successful because we're passionate about the things that we're doing. And it's like yeah. this, it's this weird pain where, you know, it doesn't feel good to have that pain, but we, but we, we enjoy the pain of, of learning to succeed. But yeah, the, the struggle of success is not yeah. fun. It doesn't feel good. Like I think that's the, you know, and then look, there are, there are, there are, there are people who get a lot of attention mm -hmm. that are screaming, love the pain. You got to love the pain. I don't think it's realistic. Like yeah. there might be some people who thrive on that, but I think that's a small percentage of people. The majority yeah. of the other successful people in the world don't love the pain. They're just willing. They, they understand how to keep the purpose at yeah. the forefront of their vision and keep yeah. their eyes on the purpose and know that this is just something that's a part of me getting to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. He's the facial, <laughs> He's the facial guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, awesome, right. guys. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Any last minute thoughts, Roy, before we, before we get out? And keep, keep your goal in front of you. Um, even if you got it, like, I like it. Like, just, just keep your goal in front of you. Um, whatever your dream is, whatever you're aspiring to do, 
the pain is temporary. Yep. The pain is temporary. So go after the goal. Oh, man. I'm adding a few words. But uh, yes. all right. Well, it's been, it's been another awesome episode of Scare Money Don't Make Money. We appreciate you, Mark. Um, you know, check him out, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Uh, oh, whoops. Never mind. Cancel it. Edit that. Edit that.